Hey, I'm Nathan Johnson. We're here on Film Music Media All Access talking with Kaya and we're going to be talking about music and movies and knives and all manner of slicey dicey things. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for sitting down this evening yeah, and talking. It's so nice great. To, nice to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while. And thanks for if people were realizing you don't have a giant nerdy CD collection behind you. I'm sure you do, but that's mine. You're... This is Kaya's. I can't. I can't take credit for. It. I'm. I'm going to do all my interviews in front of your yeah, CD of collection. <laughs> so thanks for coming over. Thank you for so having me. So sit down tonight. Yeah. Um, so to start off, I'd love to um, kind of just go back to kind of your kind of origin story and kind yeah. of talk about. Talk about growing up. Uh, I know you you have you had a pretty interesting childhood, being born on the East Coast, moving to Colorado, and then living in in London. Yeah. And so talk about where did you pick up this this music music thing? Where did it, when did it happen in your lifetime? I, it happened pretty young. I mean, I was like really young, actually. Like so, Ryan and I are cousins. Right. Ryan, obviously, the director of Knives Out, um, and we grew up making music and movies together. Like since we were actually like pretty little kids. Like yeah. We, um, yeah, when, when we were, we were like very young, we, <laughs> we had a, a, a band called Weirder Than Al where we took Weird Al songs and rewrote the lyrics to them. Um, yeah. Wait, what was it called? Weirder Than Al. Weirder Than it was, Al? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, like I, I kind of grew up in garage bands yeah. and um, you know, all through high school, making music, making movies. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was living in England and had launched this, it was, it was kind of this touring band project called the cinematic underground. And we mm. had just, we had just made like a concept narrative record with like a graphic novella. And it was, yeah. it was very much a story that we were performing as a story. And, um, and that was right around the time that Ryan was shooting Brick. So he, mm. he asked if I would do the music for it. And I mean, at that point, like he was, he was living in LA cutting Brick in his bedroom apartment on his Mac. <laughs> and I was living in my apartment on the South coast of England. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was like the first movie that had ever been scored using iChat. Like this was back when <laughs> <laughs> when, when the cameras weren't built into your computer, like I had a, a, a power, an old power book and like the little camera that you magnet, yeah. magnetized onto it. And, um, and that was how we did the spotting session. Like wow. Ryan pointed his camera at his monitor and we watched the movie together and, and talked through the whole thing. And then, um, yeah, so I just, I kind of did the score for brick in my apartment with wow. a, with a laptop and one single microphone and uh, you know, wine glasses instead of a string <laughs> section, and you know, mallets on um, on filing cabinets instead of timpanis, and yeah, that was that was that was like the origin. <laughs> how did uh, you? I mean, how did he set up of like, kind of go on the directing path, and uh, you on the music path? Because you were so we're both musicians and both kind of in, yeah, both we, visual and both musical. Yeah, right? totally, totally. So he sort of. Um, he, I mean, we, it was kind of like a leaning thing, but I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I loved making movies and making music and yeah. kind of weirdly it, it was, I actually didn't think about combining them until brick. I, oh, I mean, wow. I, it wasn't like, I was like, I want to be a film composer. It was yeah. like, honestly, it was more like, let's make stuff. Yeah. Um, Were you aware of like film music as a thing? Back yeah. Then? Like I was, I mean, 
I was aware of like John Williams mm. and Morricone and and yeah, like some of the some of the greats, but yeah. I wasn't like a like a film music geek, you know. Yeah. Like I was, um, I was yeah, like kind of. I think maybe just aware of it. As, yeah. yeah, as much as any as any kid who yeah. loves Star Wars is aware of film music, which is kind of a lot in that right. regard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so he, um, you know, he he. <clears throat> we had kind of leaned towards directing really early on, but we mm -hmm. would like we still write songs when we get together and um, Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, so I mean What you, it seems like you guys were very close growing up mm -hmm. um, When it became when it turned into the now it's kind of two professional careers for both of you How has that did a relationship change at all that it, when it became things like okay now these movies are getting released and now we're doing bigger films like did the relationship change, or does it still feel like you guys are just two kids working I mean, together? It kind of, it, in a way, but yeah. then it's <clears throat> there's also this, you know, this sense of like, wow, we're, we get to do this for our job. I mean, yeah. I remember it, you, there was like a kind of a, a moment that stands out to me. We were uh, when we finished Brick, we got into Sundance, and and like when we were growing up, we would kind of spend you know, like our summer vacations together, mm. the whole family. And we have a, a huge family, like lots of cousins. Yeah. And so, um, so we would spend, you know, a, a week making a movie while everyone was together. And then we would all gather in my grandparents' basement and, <laughs> and show the aunts and uncles and then everyone would gather in and watch the movie. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so when we finished Brick, we were at Sundance in the Eccles Theater for the premiere and, and like basically the whole family came. And so we were, I remember Ryan and I were sitting there and we like turned around and like the family was behind us. And then a little bit further around is 500 strangers. <laughs> and that was like the moment where it was like, <clears throat> it's like kind of similar in a way, but also just like, what is, what is even that? happening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So when when you first were doing Brick, I mean, clearly you, you felt very comfortable, I'm sure, to be vulnerable with each other yeah. and stuff like that. So you weren't under, like, I guess, I'm sure it's pressure, but, like, it wasn't like, okay, you're hired by a studio and you have to make these deadlines and everything. So what were those, I guess, what were the first learning moments you had on Brick? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it was... It was, like, really going through the process with Ryan and, mm -hmm. and a lot of... A lot of bouncing stuff back and forth, a lot of talking about references, and then kind of just developing my process, which you know is very much early on. I'm writing mm. thematic ideas and motifs, and writing a lot, generating a lot of material, and yeah. sending it to Ryan, and and you know getting his feedback on stuff, and um, you know I I feel like Ryan's actually a really great collaborator. And what I've come to understand that means is that like a great collaborator is someone who um, who really knows what they want in terms of the the bigger parameters. Right. It's almost like we kind of um, he he always has ideas when we're starting, <laughs> and and it, we kind of like mark out the boundaries of the playground. Yeah. Um, but then he wants me to kind of surprise him, right? And it's right. like okay, this is definitely where we are for this. And, and it's like, we're not over here. And he knows we don't want to be over there. We don't want to be over here. This is what it's going to be. But then within that, there's just like this playground to explore. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he, he's always like surprised me. Like, I want, I want 
I want you to go for it. So I he just kind of gives you your space and lets you do I stuff? I mean, it, it's still very, yeah. it's very, he's, I mean, it's really collaborative. He's yeah. really involved, but, um, but it's, I, I don't know. I, I, it's not like he doesn't know what he wants and he's like, I don't know, show me something and I'll know when I hear right. it. But, um, but it's also not like he's like ultra micromanaging. And yeah. I think with all, like, as I, I mean, it's kind of like a whole movie making family. So the way he collaborates with Steve, his DP, who yeah. he, he always, always works with and the actors who he always works with, it's, um, you know, there is that, I think, I think he, there's a real respect there and it feels so nice working with him because I think yeah. he, um, he knows what he wants, but he also is excited to, to have these people bring something that might surprise yeah. him. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that early in your career, was it, um, were you kind of like aware, were you just like kind of, what was your identity at the time as a, as a, as a what was your voice as a composer? Were you trying to figure out, okay, what kind of composer am I going to be? Or were you just like, this is what the movie needs. I need to figure it out. Just the latter. Like yeah. I, um, yeah. And I, uh, I think, um, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I think like if, if you go down that path of like, yeah. what is my voice? How do people think about me? I, I don't know that that's a very helpful path for me. It's almost like, Oh, you, you know, you could go down a black hole that way. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think especially with film music, like my, my, um, the way that I think about it is like, I'm not here to, to like make my music. Yeah. Um, all I'm here to do is serve the director's vision of the movie. And, yeah. um, and I, I kind of like have other outlets for like my music or yeah. my whatever, but this is about me. How can I like get inside the director's head and, help them achieve whatever it is they're imagining yeah um, uh, so ellen silvestri told me a really cool story when he was working on chips uh like the first or second episode or something he said the one of the executives or somebody pulled him aside and he says like what the fuck are you doing this is not the alan silvestri show and that was in alan was like that's when i knew like i have to put everything aside and, yeah. and just like it was a learning moment for him you know right. like early in his career like nope this is not about me it's not about my music you right know? Yeah, and and it's and that's like that's a um, in a way it's a real uh, freeing mm. thing, you know, yeah. because I mean I I was mentioning boundaries earlier, but I like I really believe that like the way that good art could happen is by giving it boundaries, and yeah. and so it's um, you know without without like without the the painting without the canvas mm. that there's what are you going to do like so right. saying at least just saying here's what this is going to be yeah there's the border yeah, there's the border yeah. and then you get to push against the border mm -hmm. um yeah so so for a movie it's really it's really nice because you like you don't have to think about what's what's my voice what's my thing all you got to think about is like how how can we like how can i help in whatever way possible right make this connect in a way that the director is excited about and uh has your process with ryan changed over the course of the films or has have you guys kind of like 
I mean, of course you have a shorthand, but I mean, sure. is it just like, all right, this is a new movie, new project, let's go, or is it going to be like, let's try something different this time? It's, or... it's really different each time, yeah. actually. And I, th I think, uh, you know, possibly that's because Ryan is so adept at moving between genres, but it feels yeah. like every movie we do together, um, we're, we're not retreading ground. I mean... So different. Yeah, yeah. And, and like with... Like Brothers Bloom is... A, a, so underrated, I think, in my uh, opinion. It's such a great film, and then compared to Brick, or compared to what you know, Knives Out now, or Looper, or something like that. I mean, there's just all of, it's just so different. Yeah. yeah. Well, and each score is is like kind of a chance for me to put on a different hat, or you know, swim in a whole different pool. Like I remember for Looper, like Ryan, you know, as we're setting the parameters at the beginning of Looper, he's like, what if the whole score is one chord? Like, or what, what if the whole score is like one key? And, um, and we're, you know, and I'm like, okay, how do we approach that? And we did, we didn't ultimately end up doing that, yeah. but the other stuff we were talking about is like, let's make this, essentially let's make this an atmospheric, almost sound designing score. Yeah. Um, and, and really there's like kind of one motif in Looper that, that moves through the whole movie. But, um, but that was, that was so different from the Brothers Bloom and really mm -hmm. different from Brick. Brick is almost like Peter and the Wolf style where every character has a theme and a, a voice. Yeah. Um, and so I remember on, on Looper, you know, I, I had, I moved down to New Orleans for like a month while they were shooting. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I, I like took a field recorder and basically like gathered sounds from the city and then kind of created like a sample library, but of industrial sound effects. Oh, wow. And then, and then tuned those so that they were like playable textural instruments, Yeah. which I was like, you know, super excited. Ryan and I were both really excited about going down this road, but also it just felt like exercising a totally different muscle, mm. um, yeah, so I think each movie, in a way, it's like, okay, here's what we're doing. Let's let's figure out, <laughs> right. what, you know, how we're gonna, how we're gonna pull it off. Um, so Compare it to working with, I guess, a different director, like a director that you're not related to and right. didn't grow up with. Um, because t typically, I mean, of course, with Ryan, I'm sure he brings you on board super early, like, hey, I'm doing this and everything, mm -hmm. and you have those discussions. But you know, typically, composers come in usually at the last second, or the ones that have to save everything sure. after all the budget's been burned out, and it's just like it's all on you. Yeah. Um, comparing those two different experiences, uh, how does your, I guess, approach change? Yeah, it's. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's that's a great question. I I feel like I've been fortunate enough to work with most of the directors I've worked mm. with actually have started early oh, that's great. On, yeah. on the process. Um, but obviously that comes like with a, a relationship. So some, yeah. you know, some it's like, Oh, this, this is kind of down to the wire. And I, I think it's, I mean, for me, I don't know that I approach it too differently other mm -hmm. than knowing I don't have as much time to follow rabbit holes, you yeah. know? And it's, it's like, we, we maybe just need a, um, we need to escalate the that that parameter discussion. We kind of need to find what that is quicker, and but still, it's I think it's the same thing of like generating themes and motifs and mm. and playing off the director. It, I I don't know that I I approach it that differently. I'm still trying to find what is what is making them spark. Yeah, um, and you know, I mean, you can score a scene a thousand different ways. <laughs> right. Um, 
a cohesive movie has has a perspective of somebody driving it and so it's it's obviously bringing whatever we get to do but but really it's like how 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 does this work in a way that is sparking the director right so i love to kind of ask composers where where does the first note come from and so what what do you usually latch on to it seems like you like to get in the director's head is that kind of your first like inclination to do or do you like to wait for a first cut or do you like to read the script first what's kind of the, what do you gravitate towards to kind of pull that first idea yeah all well so my process is always as early as possible like mm. i always want to read the script and mm. i want to read the script before i see the movie because like as a composer we we um we sort of have that that luxury of of following the director's process and so mm. if i if i'm able to read the script and then see a rough cut of the movie it it, in a way, I can learn okay. so much about that because yeah. I'm learning what movie they made from from That's, the script. So you're just kind of you're just trying to plant yourself in there. Totally, and yeah. and at that point, but at that point, I'm not thinking about music. Uh, like okay. it's really like, what is the story? Am I into this story? Is yeah. this something that I feel excited about? If it is, you know, then you're meeting the director. Are we gelling? And and then at that point, um, then it's. I, yeah, I don't know that I like try to bring music to it before I've before I've like immersed myself in the world and yeah. immerse myself in to whatever extent I can getting to begin to know the director. Yeah, I just interviewed Michael Giacchino and he, he it's funny because his process is complete opposite. He mm. says he, refu- he he tries not to read the script because he also comes from a he grew up making films and everything. He says yeah. when he reads the script, he immediately starts making the movie in his head uh-huh. and then it's completely different than what he's eventually shown with that first cut sure. is it hard to not go oh I, this is how i would you know do coverage on this scene or this is the kind of how do you turn that part no, of your brain off it's, no because i'm like reading yeah. it as a fan okay it, I, I, or ideally right yeah. if it's something that you're liking <laughs> right that and but that's what i'm looking for i'm i'm when yeah. i'm reading something i'm like i'm looking for and but i love reading scripts i mean i remember like early days before Ryan had made anything and he just had like all these scripts and I would love mm. getting to read those sometimes before the movie um, would come out. So I, I, I kind of like really like scripts as an art form. Mm. Um, so in that, in that phase, I'm just reading it. I, I mean, it's like a bit like Kid on Christmas Morning, especially yeah. when you're reading a great script. Um, because it's, it's like the opportunity to, to get involved in this I mean, I'm just like a fan of movies, right? So yeah. it's like an opportunity to to see early on in this process, and then if if things go well, to get to like walk that journey to completion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I I think I honestly I approach it like kind of as a as a fan. I always love going back and like when I, when I've discovered you know internet movie script database. Yeah, yeah. Like that I'm like that's as a you know, someone who comes from a filmmaking like mine to go back and read scripts of your totally. favorite movies. I like, know. like some, when I started, I was like, I, I have to read a Coen Brothers script. Yeah. Like, there's no way that all of that was on the page. It's like every beat is I on know. the page. Or like if you go read Airplane, like how do those jokes, they're all on the page. Yeah. It's just like, it's a great way to study like that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I remember reading The Big Lebowski before um, before I saw the movie, like before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like it, it just felt like, wow. I like I've got a gift that yeah you know that it, nobody has and yeah um, 
Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> like, it's, it's a fun, I mean, it's a really fun process to get to be a part of. Yeah. It's so, and even when I moved out here, I remember even though I work in the industry, I'm on those like, um, uh, the focus group screenings, like mm-hmm. the, the invites, and I always go in there and just like I lie, I'm like oh I work at Best Buy or something, because <laughs> I just want to see like the process and yeah, yeah, and just like you see like oh my god, and then I compare it to when I see the finished product and you see what the temp was doing, you see the visual effects totally. Finish, and it's just like that whole process is so fascinating. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really helpful about that as well is you um, doing that teaches you about malleability. You know, and, and there's like that classic thing of saying like you make the movie when you write the script and then you make the movie when you shoot it and then you make the movie again when you edit it. Um, and and that, I think that's just like, as a composer, that's a helpful thing to have sort of in your bedrock is yeah. is like this is, this is like a, an evolving thing and I need to be evolving and it's all moving and, and I, ideally and ultimately everybody is trying to make the 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 greatest thing and to do that you you know you got to be flexible you got to be flexible on set when when you see something magical happening and and you know like that it's like oh wow i'm gonna follow that Um, right the actor is bringing something that um you know because because it's like even if it's all on the page, then mm-hmm. they're then they're like bringing that yeah, magical because, thing yeah. that they do, and it's like I gotta follow that. Um, yeah, so I, I think um, I think like we're not oh, I, I, we're less interested in making movies as like perfect robotic assemblies mm-hmm. of the thing I imagined. Like right. the to me, the magic of making things is once you get a perfect idea out of your your perfect head zone and put it into the real world with imperfection and mm. beauty because of that imperfection yeah. that i think is where um the the magical spark of art of all the art that we love i think i think there's an yeah. element of of the perfect idea um, coming into contact with the material or with the, the people and and some it, alchemic it thing just everything because yeah never it never is exactly what it was in totally. your head it's always it's something takes some wild journey and it comes and you go oh my god and then completely but it, the genesis is there but you have it I don't know it's hard to explain I guess yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's but I mean like that's what I love about it yeah like, that's what's magic about getting to do it yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> So we were talking um, just about like your music career, but you also have a completely different side of, of art that you explore and you're directing uh, videos and you're doing kind of other different types of mm-hmm. art. And I mean, your music videos are completely fascinating and amazing. Uh, and just like, thank you. And so talk about that. How did you start branching into those? Was that happening before you started becoming a composer? Yeah. 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 I mean, I like kind of in high school as well, like, I really loved making short films and, mm-hmm. and music videos um, and kind of doing that for for myself and friends. Um, but uh, so my brother Mark runs like a graphic design firm called The Maid Shop and we do a yeah. lot of stuff together. We, we've like made a lot of album covers for bands um, and we were working with a band called Sun Lux. Ryan Lott is the, the guy who, who leads it and he's been like a longtime friend and collaborator and he's worked with me on film scores and mm. 
great, great friend and great collaborator. But um, so anyway, my brother and I had done a lot of their artwork for their albums and uh, they were about to release a new record and and approached us about kind of kind of basically being in in charge of the whole visual aesthetic from the album artwork to the music videos. Yeah. And, um, and I had been like really feeling the itch to, yeah. to direct and again and and because I, I hadn't done it in in a minute um, yeah. and so <clears throat> so I jumped at that and uh yeah it it, it uh kinda... you know I we we start I mean it, it was <laughs> like I feel like how all new projects start is like can you do this for no money and, exactly and like and and the way you the way you succeed is say yes and then you figure out yeah. how um so there's there's this the the video that uh that i did was called changes everything and it's mm. it's basically like a rotoscoped stop motion animation using pins and rubberized thread wow yeah um, i remember that and uh and so my my wife katie and i like basically like did all the animation and my brother mark kind of like helped with some of like the the architectural like line vector stuff and we yeah. I basically like cut together the video and then rigged up in my composing studio rigged up like a camera um and a projector to project this like pre like rough video that i shot yeah. and then we just traced the lines for like <laughs> two weeks wow um yeah like my wife and i just sitting there for like you know all day long in in a room like moving <laughs> moving pins and thread um <laughs> She was like, we're never doing this again. <laughs> no, you, you have some great stop motion. Uh, what was the music video you did with the, um, I forgot the name, but it was it was like a series of just photographs and it was... Oh yeah, Lucius. Lucius, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so that Jess was and crazy. Holly, yeah, so that was weirdly, I mean, I guess it maybe technically it would be considered go motion in a weird way. But True, we, yeah. So what I did with that was... Um, basically like how do you do a stop motion video using real people yeah. um, and so I had them learn the, the, the song is called Gone Insane and I had them learn the song at like 24 times slowed down Wow! and then we used an intervalometer on a camera which is basically it's just like a, a, a device that um, that triggers the camera to, to fire yeah. at, at a set amount of time right um, so after a bunch of math, we, we like basically had them lip syncing the song really, really slow and then took hundreds of still pictures in time. Yeah. Um, and this sounds like super arduous, but what it allowed us to do was because we were using still photos. I, I worked with, uh, um, with an amazing prosthetics uh, artist. Yeah, I mean, the effects on that were amazing. Yeah, yeah. Jim, so Jim Ojala basically, like, created these facial dysmorphia things so that we could, like, pull, stretch their faces mm -hmm. like silly putty. Yeah. Um, but what we'd do is we they would be lip-syncing, and then we would, like, cut and send them to the makeup chair for, like, three hours. And then they'd come back, we'd, like, reline them up. Oh, my goodness. And then they would, you know, they'd have this prosthetic thing on their face, and then you, you just, just start sit. again pulling it out. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was, like, and they were so awesome. Like, no, no band wants to sit for like a week to make a music yeah. video and they were they were just so into it and yeah That's it was amazing. yeah it was really <laughs> I did something really similar fun. in film school except I literally just like 
that was right when DSLRs were just like kind of taking off and yeah. I, I had like a Canon Rebel and I just like <clears throat> and I did a short and it was literally like not not I just literally held the shutter down and went <laughs> so it was just kind of like yeah like yeah that. totally <laughs> so yeah, no, well, no mathematics involved <laughs> <laughs> So not as didn't turn out as well. It was still it was a comedy one, so it was fine. Nice. <laughs> but I still go back and I watch it, and it cracks me up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah, I love my, stop motion. I know. And then people would say like, "Oh, you just maybe filmed it and just selected your frames." Like, no, like you. I mean, each frame was a still photo. It was never film, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a way, you're filming it just really really slowly exactly so it's like i think i forget the actual math but i think we're taking a photo every second mm -hmm. so 24 seconds would equal one second one, so one frame, yeah. yeah so it was just like crazy slow um but yeah but they learned the song that way <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's amazing because yeah. <laughs> the lip syncs are in it's in sync it's like in sync with the music yeah i mean it was time. like it wasn't perfect like i had to definitely go in and like kind yeah. of like pull out frames mm -hmm. and make sure that it was it was like and yeah, hitting yeah. those things yeah yeah but yeah and the end result is amazing <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> um jumping back uh, uh jumping back to uh filmmaking would you ever consider directing a feature like would you ever do that i mean so we one of the a couple of the other music videos i got to work with tatiana maslani mm -hmm. who's just a phenomenal actor and i have to say the 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 magic of working with her um was was like a drug like it it, it was and i and i've <clears throat> being on set with ryan and seeing yeah seeing what actors do i mean that it it's so amazing but there was an element of like doing that with with this with my own thing where where i saw kind of firsthand the magic that yeah. that um you know that that these actors are bringing to the role yeah. and um yeah and it's it is it's ultra compelling and i love that type of collaboration yeah yeah so when ryan was hired for for star wars did he did he did he be like dude dude <laughs> like what was that call like yeah he like he came over <laughs> told me what happened and and it was just like i mean ryan and i, re I remember we like you know when vhs tapes came out like what years out like we got the star wars vhs tape when we were little kids yeah and just like watch it and then rewind it i mean this was like a huge part of us growing up and you know J john williams music is is like every it's like the soundtrack of our childhood yes. i mean kind of literally like we when we were making movies as kids one of the only soundtrack cds we had was the hook cd oh, yeah. and so all of our childhood movies were scored with the hook <laughs> cd um yeah so at the it was super sweet at, after after um the last jedi sessions finished um he uh he came over and he was like i i got john williams to sign two things i got him to sign a poster for me and then i got this for you and i like opened it up and he had tracked down like a hook vinyl oh and, my god and john williams had inscribed it and i was just like oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing yeah yeah <laughs> but it was just i mean magical to be i mean i got to be at the scoring sessions and, and see that when when wow. they you know when when the orchestra hits the opening fanfare it i mean 
I don't know, it's like hard to yeah, it's talk hard to about how yeah. awesome it is. To yeah. be in the room and feel the air and feel like that. Totally. Feel and the to music. watch John Williams do his thing, I mean, he's, yeah, just the master. Yeah. In some alternate universe where John Williams doesn't exist and Ryan had that movie, would you be up for to tackle a Star Wars I mean, movie? I, I am up for tackling whatever <laughs> Ryan invites me to tackle. <laughs> I, awesome. I said recently, like... <laughs> People who I love and trust, they can they can convince me to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about <clears throat> Knives Out, which is look. I mean, I haven't seen the film yet, but I mean, it looks amazing. And talk about uh, the conversation you had tackling this. It's I mean, people are going to look at it and you know, think of Clue and kind of that kind of genre of the murder mystery and everything. Maybe even like Pink Panther or something. But like, talk about what did you guys want to do with this movie? How did you find the right tone for it as well? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um... <clears throat> we we knew early on we were talking about this wanting to be like kind of a classic orchestral score mm. and um you know we were we were talk we were like kind of looking at scores from like the late 50s early 60s like Lawrence of Arabia mm. and you know some of Bernard Herrmann's stuff and um as this this idea of setting the parameters like it, it's like we want to do an orchestral thing but have it Ryan kept saying like sharp like a knife like I mm. want it to cut I want it to be precise I want it to I want it to dance mm. um, and so so it was really exciting to think like let's do a big orchestral score but but kind of in the way that those uber melodic super motif movies from the 50s and 60s yeah. would do it <clears throat> and um, but everything kind of began to flow from that sort of first principle like the 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 size of the orchestra the players we picked the style that i was writing in um all all even the room we recorded in, we we, we <clears throat> excuse me we recorded in abbey road in oh, wow. studio one which which is like a beautiful big room but it doesn't have a crazy long reverb tail like so it's it's actually like precise as well yeah that crisp end yeah so um and and the movie is like the dialogue is killer but yeah. it, and, and it's like a a huge ensemble cast so it's like there's a lot going on um how do you navigate that how do you navigate like an ensemble cast like that without stepping on the performances totally that's the thing i you have to i, I mean you you can't write the music ahead of time mm. right like yeah. it's got to be scored exactly to the right. picture and almost in a way like you're like the music is like a dancing partner with the actor and you mm. you can't step on their toes you you want them to be shining you you know you you don't want to be doing a twirl while they're doing a twirl like <laughs> yeah. this is about moving in between the spaces so so kind of my approach to this was i like there's tempo changes all over the mm. place i'm like bobbing and weaving um <clears throat> and it's um but again, we didn't want it to be just like drones or background right. atmospherics. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's like kind of it's it is like dancing around the you know the, the what what is an amazing performance yeah. by the cast. And uh, talk about I guess like finding the tone too because it's it's supposed to be murder mystery, <laughs> but I think it has like a bit of a com comedic side to it. Yeah, as well. was it difficult not to like lean too much in either direction? I mean, it's I. I don't know that I was thinking about that at the time. Mm. I, I tend to find that, um, you know, when it comes to that, I'm I'm 
thinking less like funny, sad, like less like these emotional terms and just kind of from a gut level responding to the characters. And I, I mean, I got to go down while they were shooting. So I was on set in this amazing gothic mansion like in in the fall in new england and and kind of watching them work during the day and then going home and writing at the end of the day wow um so it it, there was like a really nice process of kind of steeping in that and i mean i wrote like i generated so much material on the early side uh just kind of like exploring melodies myself even before i was showing it to ryan um but then like one night after after uh production he yeah, like on set he you know he's like hey, why don't you come over tonight and let's listen yeah. to some stuff um and i remember i brought him two things and and i was like you know i i felt like yeah i think this is i think this is it yeah um and just like you know on a laptop put headphones <laughs> on and um and he yeah he like kind of within a few seconds like this smile kind of came onto his face and he just like held up his hand and high-fived me and i was like yeah <laughs> good like i feel like we're on we're on a track here we're yeah. like in we're in the right zone yeah is it still is it still i guess you still get nervous presenting oh music? of course yeah of, absolutely yeah, yeah yeah because it's yeah like you're you're trying to like you're trying to land something and you don't know but that's the thing like you don't know what it is until you do it right you know and that i mean i guess like kind of what we were talking about before about getting that perfect idea out Mm. of your head and absolutely it only becomes something once you like you're like all right we got to show this to you it's maybe not perfect (laughs) but um yeah but i think there's like with ryan there's a real iterative Mm -hmm. workflow so for sure yeah so if, if you guys hit a crossroads and there comes a time maybe disagreement happens, is there, I mean, even brothers sometimes fight, you know? You yeah, know? Sure. Do you guys have a disagreement or are you mostly oh, yeah. on the same page? Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's like... I Like, do you are you comfortable voicing, it, voicing more with him? For sure, yeah. for sure. But I think, like, the thing is, ultimately, he's gonna be right most of the time because it's his thing right Right. you know what i mean so like i'll definitely push for it um but uh but ultimately it's like we know who's gonna make the final call right um so so maybe i can convince him yeah it's Um, about convincing but uh but but yeah yeah (laughs) just trying to get him to sway on his it's like presenting a case it's like all right hear me out right totally (laughs) Um, kind of going back to like the, kind of the general process, what would be, I guess, the most, uh, rewarding aspect of the whole scoring process? Like what's your favorite part? What's oh, something that man. really just like makes you feel fulfilled, you know, just as a human? Yeah. You know? I, I really like writing. So the writing process. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love, I love that element because there's something in that moment where you're, you're kind of moving past everything and, and you're just getting to place yourself theoretically or, or imaginarily in the room with, with these actors and just respond to, to the magic that they're creating and to Mm. the emotion that's happening. And, um, and I think, I think that ends up being, I mean, in 
film composing, there's like a lot of there's a lot of like up here activity. Mm. You know, like there's there's a lot to manage. Yeah, there's a lot of organization, but the writing process is is like a a chance to to really at the starting point drop it into that gut level. Like it's like the thing that music is is really good at. Um, Yeah. It's the, I mean, yeah, it's that point of creation. So it's just you and just you. It's just you, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and getting to, but it's, we, it's like this weird thing where it's just you, but it's, it's not just you because it's like all Everything. in relation to what's happening yeah. from the actors, what's yeah. happening. Everything from the, influencing yeah, you. Everything. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's like, but it's a weird it's a, it's a kind of special weird collaboration because it's it's like a, a collaboration with you're you're by yourself mm-hmm. in a room but but you're getting to collaborate with a thing that has involved months and hundreds of people you know yeah bringing it to this point <laughs> i mean yeah the whole process is, is crazy uh what would be the most challenging part of the process is there a part of the whole job that you find like oh Something maybe it's maybe mechanical or something that's like oh, I hate this part or something like this or is there, or like oh, now we have to do this. Yeah. Um, or maybe something that you don't like gravitate towards. I mean, as much. I I like tend to do a lot of like precision oversight mm-hmm. and that that is is like the less fun <laughs> part of the job. Just, yeah. Um, but but yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of those yeah, things, but be, it's yeah, what, yeah. you know, they're like little detailed things, but um but overall the uh you know, the the writing, the recording, yeah, the, absolutely. Um, the mixing. I mean, those are those are the parts that I love. Yeah. File management is not my favorite yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um being, you know, being in this business and being in the industry, uh do you find that do you as a composer, I mean, you have to be you have to be knowledgeable in the business. You have to be knowledgeable of like all the contracts and deals and studios and blah blah blah. Yeah. Does that ever interfere with just like the creative part of it? Do you just do? You, is it like it, I wish I could just turn that off? I can just focus and create. It can. It it's um, it's hard for me to like jump into those logistical details mm. while I'm in the process of scoring. Yeah. So sometimes and sometimes it's unavoidable that the right. like those things are dovetailing together. Yeah. Um ideally it, it the, I, I mean I I kind of have a hard time focusing on multiple things at the same time. Yeah, I'm the same way I can. Yeah. Well, I'm bad at multitasking actually. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So I ideally I like to keep those things separate um mm. but it you know it doesn't yeah. it doesn't always no, work out that way <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just i really love just like kind of your choices that you make and it seems like you whether you're working with ryan or other filmmakers i mean other films like um uh was it kill the messenger yeah yeah, yeah. it was a great score that you did and thank you um but you you're you pick very specific films uh what is i guess your take on, I guess, just the current state of the industry. I know we have this big discussion going on of, you know, Marvel, not cinema and franchise filmmaking. And uh, it seems like you really do focus on these kind of really creative films. And, and what is your take on everything right now? What do you think is the state of the film industry? Do you think it's good, bad? What are the good and bad going on? I mean, it feels exciting to me. Yeah. I, I feel like thrilled that we get to be making stuff in, like somehow in the tradition of the stream of all of our heroes. Mm. Um, and I, I, I love that 
I love that stream analogy of, um, you know, you're at a certain point in the stream and, and there's like an upstream yeah. and there's a downstream and, and everything upstream is like, you, you, we can't not be swimming in that water. And I love it. Like I, like we get <laughs> to be downstream from all of our favorite things. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, and maybe we get to be upstream from, from hopefully from people, who, you know, who come after us, who, who might find inspiration in what we're doing. Um, but in terms of, in terms of like, like wor- how I pick things or working on things, I, I, um, I feel like the story is, is like kind of the, the thing that I just like, that's my North star. Like, mm. is it, um, I don't care like what genre it is. I, I don't, I don't care how big or how small it is. It's, it's like, is this a story that I'm excited about? Is this a movie that I would want to watch? Mm. Um, is, is this, is this something that I, you know, that has good collaborators that it, whether I know the people and I know they're good collaborators or whether right. I, I've met them and I feel like I think there's something here. Um, but I do, I do feel like it's, uh, it's a, it's a really special thing to get to be involved in. But I also know that I have like a limited amount of, um, you know, of, of time and of brain yeah. capacity. And I, I want to be working on things that I'm excited about. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to, I mean, it's such a time consuming profession. And we're on a, on a project. If you, you have to really love it to dedicate, you know, one, two years of your life totally. to it, you know, especially, so I definitely. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think when you're working on something that you love, like you can, you can just be in that for a long time and yeah. you can, you can keep coming back to it and, and like scoring a movie requires a lot of keep coming back to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's like, it's really nice when you're working on something that you're stoked about. Absolutely. Um, to kind of, uh, wrap things up, uh, if you had to describe your music to someone who's never heard it before, how would you describe your, own, how would you describe your own music, your, I'm, your own style? Oh man, I, uh, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've. Maybe I'll tell you what I like. I, okay. don't, I don't know. Like it, maybe someone would disagree that this is what my music is. But I yeah. really like melody, mm. and I like um, I like bending in in ways that are are not necessarily like what you would expect from melody. So I like the contrast between like really melodic stuff and dissonance. Yeah. And um, who knows if that's what people get from my stuff but that that's that's what i love about (laughs) (laughs) we do (laughs) Uh, i mean that's what i that's what i'm excited about um yeah i I, you know when i think about the creation the creation process um i'm less into like only dissonance and i'm less into only melody Mm. and and i like i like personally when i can find something that surprises me Mm. that has um maybe a lyricism and a romanticism, but also a, a uncomfortableness. And yeah. I don't know. That's what I like. That's awesome. That's <laughs> a, well, that's a perfect, uh, perfect explanation. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathan, thank you so much for sitting thanks, down. Thanks for, so, yeah, thanks. so much fun. Yeah. yeah likewise. Yeah. Thanks for talking. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, we'll definitely have to do it again. Sometime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right.